up y'all hello 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 how are you all doing out there happy 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 saturday hope you all are having a great weekend so far we are still in the middle of it today is saturday may the 6th the day after may 5th the day after may 4th may the 4th be with you did you have fun on may the 4th celebrating star wars if that's your type of thing did you have fun yesterday on may 5th single de mayo partying like you've never partied before I didn't celebrate the holiday. Don't, you know, it's, I'm indifferent, but I know a lot of people like to have fun. And how's your Saturday going for you so far? Let me know. Let me know. Let me know down in that comment section as you're coming on into the room. Please also give me a thumbs up. And yes, guys, it is Saturday. It is not Sunday. Like, oh, B, what's going on? You know, you never go live on Saturday. You either go live on Sunday. First, it was the Moving News Roundup show, uh, but then you just switched us up on us. Switch things up talking about a superhero comic book show, but it's not Sunday. It's Saturday, man. So what's going on? You told me that the the movie news roundup shows are going to be on Thursdays. Well, it wasn't on Thursday because that was the day that and not why do I keep saying Ant-Man? That I forgot Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Guardians of the Galaxy hit theaters this uh Friday or Thursday, if you want to count the preview nights. And so we had here's my review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you want to go check that out, non-spoilers. Really did enjoy the film. But also myself, LA with movie files, E-Man with E-Man's movie reviews, and Najir with Big Gold Belt Media. We had an epic two hour, two and a half hour discussion for the film. And that debuted yes, not yesterday, but Thursday at 6 p.m. And so I can't have me a live show going over movie news when we're talking about guardians of the galaxy so didn't want to do it on thursday and also friday um i still had some other videos posting and also i was you know doing my dear mama review for episodes four and five which you guys can go check out if you're into that it's on fx and on hulu it's kind of confusing when i go to the screener website to look at the the episodes it told it says episodes four and five 
will debut on May 5th, both on May 5th. And I was like, I thought only, you know, the first episode four was going to come out on May 5th. So that threw a wrench in my plans right there. I only planned on recapping one episode. So I ended up, I, I watched both episodes twice. So that was like three and a half, four hours worth of viewing because I wanted to get it right. So when I posted my thing for episodes four and five, people in my comment section like, B, what's going on? Where did you watch episode five? Episode five is not available. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? So I logged back into the site and it says that episode five was coming out on May the 5th. But when I go to Hulu, when I go to the FF's website, it only has the four up there. So I'm just saying FX, you know, don't get mad at me if I spoil episode five. It's on the on the screen of the website. That's what it says. So, you know, um, sorry about that. But you guys can go check that out if you want to. Now, tomorrow we are going to be having the full superhero comic book show. Uh, was that number four? And we're going to be discussing the box office results for Guardians of the Galaxy. We also have some Superman updates, some Blade updates, some casting for Adam Driver again with Fantastic Four and also Sue Storm. And I can't wait to talk about that. And there's a few other comic book things that we're going to be discussing as well. But you're just going to have to come tomorrow to check all of that out. But I hope you're having a great day today. And I know I did not let anybody know that I was going live today at the last minute. But I, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm here. But let's go ahead and do this. And I just want to shout out these lovely people in the chat right now. Rurutu M Dodgeball Stripe. Rurutu M, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. And we also have Louisiana Boy James. Hello, Louisiana Boy James. How you doing? Thank you so much for being here in the stream, in the chat, in the comment section, all that good stuff. And we also have ba Mo Better Cool. Yo, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on? Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. I see that we have 18 people watching right now. Let's go ahead and let me see how many thumbs up do I have? I have eight. Can we get two more thumbs up? Can we can we get to 10? I would really appreciate it if we can get to 10 and then we can get this party started. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, Purple Mind in the building. Salute. What's going on? What's going on? Also, uh, X Savage Cabbage three times. What's good, fam? How you doing? And Jessica W, hey, 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 what's going on? What's going on? I really do appreciate it. Uh, Sherrod Scott is in the building too. So thank you so much, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Moving News Roundup show number 104. Yes, I'm live right now on YouTube, youtube.com slash just my opinion reviews, twitch.com slash just my opinion reviews. If you want to follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, you can't. My handle is on the screen, and that information is in the description box of this video. If you are like an audio only version of it, you can get it right here. There's a link in the description for buzzsprout.com. That is buzzsprout.com. I'm on all these platforms that you see right here Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Our Heart Radio. You see the screen, and I'm also on SoundCloud as well. So go ahead and get your audio only version on. Don't know if anybody's going to pop in today, but I sent a, a little invitation to a person or two um, at the very, very end last minute. But, you know, we're just going to see, you know, if they possibly can help out. Uh, Mr. Ron Burgundy, I need your help, sir. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. 
Ryan, thank you so much, man. I, I really do appreciate it. And to all my lovely, lovely moderators out there, please, please, please. Keep on back! Keep on back! Keep on back! Keep on back! Ah! Please protect the chat as best as you can. Thank you so much. And one second here. Out of all of my backgrounds, they all uploaded except for one. And so that's what I'm doing right now. For the first topic of the day, we got an update from this famous Hollywood star. Ah, oh, I was I was so I mean, we was all nervous at first, but then we got some good news and then bad news. And we're just really trying to figure out what's going on. Talking about Mr. Jamie Foxx. TMZ has the exclusive that they dropped earlier this week. It says Jamie Foxx, pray for Jamie. Jamie Foxx remains hospitalized more than three weeks after suffering a medical emergency and those closest to him say he needs all the prayers and well wishes his fans can muster while his exact condition remains secret tightly guarded by his family we've spoken with sources close to jamie who echo the same plea pray for jamie it was april 12th when fox daughter corinne announced her father suffered a medical complication jamie is one of the most prolific players in hollywood and his condition has sent studios scrambling Jamie has been the host of the hugely popular Best Shazam music lyric game show on Fox, which was going into production just days after he was hospitalized. Excuse me. So this is sad. Sources with direct knowledge tell us Jamie will not be on this season of Beat Shazam. We're told filming starts today with a new host. We're also told Corinne, who also DJs on the show, will not be on as well. She's been a fixture at the hospital in Atlanta by her dad's side. Definitely don't blame her for that. As we reported, Jamie was in Atlanta for work on the film Back in Action. When he fell ill, a stunt double and body double have been seen filling in for Jamie for that project. Pray for Jamie. So that's horrible right there. However, there was a slight update. And TMZ has this as well. This, is, this was later on in the day. Uh, Jamie Foxx breaks silent from hospital. I'm feeling blessed. So this is good. A little sunshine is 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 uh, shining on this moment here. Uh, Jamie Foxx is back in the land of social media for the first time following his mysterious hospitalization, breaking his silence with a heartfelt message to those who've been wishing him well. I appreciate all the love. Feeling blessed. So that does make me happy. Very, very happy that we got that right there. The legendary actor took to Instagram Wednesday, writing, appreciate all the love and the blessed fans flooded the comments with more well wishes for Jamie, including one that said forever. We love you goat. And so that's, that's nice that everybody was able to respond to him on social media. Uh, he also gave a shout out to Nick Cannon, who will be filling his uh, hosting shoes on his game show, Beat Shazam and told people he'll see them all soon. So that's pretty dope right there. Um, as we reported, Nick's taking over for Jamie while he copes with his medical condition. Kelly Osborne was swapped in as the show's DJ, a spot normally held by his daughter. Kelly shared her views from the DJ booth Wednesday too. And so this is good news, guys. Um, I mean, it's better than, you know, 
you know, seeing this post on Instagram, it's much better seeing that post opposed to, you know, his close one saying, pray for Jamie. Well, of course, still pray for him. If you do believe in prayer, you know, please pray for him. Please do. You can use all the positivity and love and prayer possible. There can never be enough. And so hopefully, you know, this man is, um, will make it and be okay. But it is quite scary. You know, it is quite scary. I don't even want to speak anything negative into existence, but I'm just hoping that this man is okay and he can get a full recovery and put all this behind him and us. And, you know, he can live a happy, peaceful, healthy life. So pray for Jamie. Uh, he also updated us with the good news that he's feeling blessed. And uh, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there's a link to both of those articles in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Uh, thank you, Jessica. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Hey, mama. How you doing? Love you, love you, love you. Thank you so much for being here. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic of the day. And it has to do with Mr. Waruto right here with that dodgeball. This original film came out, I think, what, 2004, 2005? It was silly. It was wild, but it was hilarious. This is coming from Deadline.com for topic number two. Dodgeball sequel in the works at 20th with Vince Vaughn returning. Jordan Vandina to write the script. This is great. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And again, guys, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there's a link down to this in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Deadline has the exclusive. So let's get into this. While Ross and Marshall Thurber wrote and directed the original film for 20th Century Fox, it's not yet clear whether he'll be involved in a sequel and who, if not Thunder, would direct. Equally uncertain is who would join, join Vaughn on screen. Though there is a, certainly a deep bench of talent to pull from and looking back to Dodgeball uh, stacked ensemble, which included Ben Stiller, Christian Taylor, Justin Long, Stephen Root, and Alan Tudyk. Joe David Moore, Chris Williams, Missy Powell, Gary Cole, Jason Bateman, and William Shatner, as well as the other late Rip Thorne. A raunchy sports comedy that grossed over $168 million worldwide against a $20 million budget. Yeah, that was very, very successful. Uh, and a group of Memphis affiliated with his business, Average Joe's Gym. The plot centered on their interests. Y'all remember what it was about, but we're going to be getting a sequel, and I can't wait. I did already have that pulled up. Wait a minute. Y'all can't. I'm up here reading. Y'all can't even. Mm, mm, mm. I'm so sorry. My bad. Anybody call me out on that? I'm sorry, y'all. But I got it right here on. Um, what was this? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> Critics liked it. So did the audiences. I liked it, too. Very, very funny movie. Very, very funny movie. And like the article said, it made a hell of a lot of money. $168 million worldwide off of a $20 million budget. That's dope as hell. And so I kind of wonder why we didn't get this a long time ago. But all that's known about the sequel in terms of plot is that it will continue the story of Vaughn's prize. Man, y'all still can't see that. Uh, it will continue the story of Vaughn's prize winning gym owner serving as the basis for Vandina's script uh, is an idea from Vaughn. Thurber previously addressed the possibility of expanding the world of dodgeball, either via new films or TV series. In a 2001 interview with Deadline, 
you know what? Never say never. I never thought about dodgeball as a series, but that actually may be fun. He said, I'm really proud of dodgeball. It's my first film and something people really like, it seems. Love, it seems. I would never say never. And it would have to be the right take on it. But yeah, maybe. And so I'm definitely on board with this right here. Dodgeball is one of the funniest movies I've seen in my entire life. Not the funniest, but, you know, if I had to list off 100 comedies that I've seen over the years, the Dodgeball fan would definitely be in that conversation because I thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys let me know what you think. Let's see here. What's up, Chris? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. ESPN might bring back the Ocho. I hope so. I hope so. I hope Ben Stiller comes back as well. I do too. It wouldn't be the same without him. But I'm I'm on board with this. I'm I'm definitely on board with this. Uh, it made a lot of money. Here it is on IMDb. It was received well, made money, and so why wouldn't they? You know, make a sequel. So hopefully, this is the best that it can be. But if you guys are looking forward to this right here, we're getting a sequel in the works with 20th with Vince Vaughn returning and Jordan Vandina to write the script. And again, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there's a link down to this in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Y'all give me a quick second. Give me a quick second. All right, all right, I'm back. I'm back, I'm back. But let's go ahead and move on to topic number three. I'm looking forward to this too. I really am. I hope that it's pretty good. Hope everything is good that comes out. But we're talking about Transformers, robots in disguise. Topic number three coming from Variety. Transformers animated prequel says Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, and more voice cast chris hemsworth and scarlett johansson in a transformers movie Mm. chris hemsworth brian tyree henry and scarlett johansson will lead the voice cast of transformers one an animated prequel about the epic rivalry between the autobots and the decepticons hemsworth is playing young optimus prime henry is voicing young megatron in the origin story and about how the brothers in arms turn into sworn enemies Additional cast members include Johansson as Elisa, Kinging, Michael Key as Bumblebee, and John Hamm as Sentinel Prime, and Lawrence Fishburne as Alpha Trion. I'm so excited and proud to be working with Hasbro and E1 to bring the first animated Transformers movie in almost 40 years to theaters. Excuse me, for a never before seen told story, said Ramsey Nato, president of Paramount Animation and Nickelodeon Animation who announced the cast to CinemaCon. The news drew applause from the room of theater owners in Las Vegas. Naito added, I'm honored to have such an incredible talents come together to portray these well-known and must-love characters in an origin story at the heart of the franchise. The Toy Story 4 filmmaker Josh Cooley is directing the film from a screenplay by Andrew Barrier and Gabriel Ferrara. It's set to release in theaters on July 19, 2024. Steven Spielberg is executive producing Transformers 1 with Brian Goldner, Brian Oliver, and Bradley J. Fisher, and Valerie Ann 
producers include Lorenzo D. Bonaventura, Tom DeSanto, Don Murphy, Michael Bay, and Mark uh, Var Hardian and Aaron Dim. Now, I remember when the first Transformers came out in 2007, it was great. Um, it became a huge hit, $700 million. And this is the seventh installment. The Rise of the Beast is number seven, so this will be number eight. I love the first Transformers movies, guys. I thought it was incredible. Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. I did not like it. It was very disappointing. Um, Transformers 3, uh, Dark on the Moon, was good. It was good. I liked it. But then Transformers uh, 4 and 5, Extinction, and I forgot the other one. Um, they just, they were, they looked good, but they weren't good movies in my opinion. But then the Bumblebee movie came out and that was good, number six. And then, of course, we got Rise of the Beast. That's number seven. So, I don't know how an animated film can be bad. I mean, it can be bad, but I think it'll... I, I have high hopes for it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Chris says, bring back Shia LaBeouf. I wouldn't be mad at that. I really wouldn't. Um, and that was funny. That was funny. So y'all excited about uh this Transformers animated prequel? Woot, Scarjo, Woot, Woot. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I kind of uh I mean I'm I, I I fell in love with Transformers through Beast Wars in the 90s. So I really am looking forward to the rise of the beast, but when Transformers 7 came out, and also I did see the animated movie from the 80s, I fell in love with Peter Cullen as the voice. So if Optimus Prime is going to be in this, I don't know why Peter Cullen wouldn't come back. Maybe they have a reason for it. Maybe he won't be in the movie. Maybe it'll be some type of surprise or something. I don't know. But I didn't hear his name mentioned in this article at all. So I don't want to sound worried, but they did make me raise my eyebrow a little bit but we're getting the prequel series guys scarlett johansson brian tyree henry and chris hemsworth black widow thor and fastos from the mcu are going to be voicing roles in transformers you guys let me know what you think about this down in that comment section below because i'm curious to know uh two of the writers from this transformers animated movie wrote ant-man 2 well, I'm glad it wasn't Ant-Man 3, <laughs> but thank you, Roberto. Uh, I do appreciate it. It might be okay. Yeah, it may, it may be okay. We're just going to have to see. We're just going to have to see. But what do we have next right here? Is this iconic? This role is coming back. We're talking cliffhanger. Now, I never did see this movie, but at the time of its release, I do remember it was kind of all over the place kind of a big deal the little circles that i was in as a child people was talking about this in and out this is the topic number four coming from deadline sylvester salone set for a cliffhanger reboot from director rick roman wall rick roman wall sylvester salone tulsa kings rocky is set to return for a sequel to the 1993 action thriller cliffhanger Excuse me, which Rick Roman Wall Angel Has Fallen will direct from a script by Mark Biancully from Hunters. Neil H. Moore's original film 
Fast and the Furious franchise were produced with Rocky Science, as well as Stallone and Braden After Goods by Boy Production. Casting for other roles is currently underway. While no details as to the plot of the sequel have been divulged, Stallone will reprise his character of Ranger Gabriel Gabe Walker from the original film directed by Rennie Harlan. The TriStar Pictures title, which premiered in Cannes and grossed over $255 million worldwide, watched as Walker looked to help rescue a band of stranded hikers, only to discover that they were, in fact, a gang of violent criminals looking to recover their missing $100 million following a plane crash. I did not know that because I, I didn't see the original film. Michael Francis Stallone co-wrote the script from the original film with John Lithgow, Michael Rooker, and Janine Turner among those rounding out the cast. Producers on the reboot will include Moritz and Toby Jaff from the original film, Stallone under his Balboa Productions banner, and Thorsten Schumacher with partner Lars Salvest for Rocket Science, which will also finance Wall and Alina Amanpour, Chance Wright, Gianluca Chakra and Hisham Al Ghanem are on board as executive producers. Rocket Science will launch foreign sales this month and Kings with CAA Media Finance repping North America and Chinese rights. Growing up with the biggest action films of the 80s and 90s, working on many of them myself, Cliffhanger was by far one of my favorite spectacles to be at the helm of the next chapter. Still in the Italian Alps with the legend himself, Sylvester Stallone, is a dream come true, said Wall in a statement. It's going to be a great challenge and blast taking this franchise into new heights, a responsibility I don't take lightly. Added Moritz, I'll never forget the thrill I felt watching Sylvester Stallone and Cliffhanger. I'm incredibly excited to be working with him and Rick Wall to continue the story of Gay Walker and introduce this iconic story to new generations of film goers around the world. Man, y'all uh, excited about this? You want to introduce films to Cliffhanger around the world. He's thrilled and excited to be working with Stallone. That's what's up. That's what's up. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen the original. But are you guys excited about this? Did you see Cliffhanger in the 90s, the, in 93? I was nine years old at the time. So I definitely wasn't hanging off many cliffs. <sighs> I was hanging off the Jungle Gym. Excuse me. I'm trying to see, what what did this make? I think it, they just said it in the... They have $255 million worldwide. Off of a $70 million budget, so that's $140. 21, $210 million. So it made its budget because three times this is 210. So that's good right there that it made its, it made its money. So that's a good thing. But let's see. I, I doubt there's a, I don't know. I doubt there's a much reviews for this. Oh, okay. It is. You got a 60, 67 from 55 reviews and over a hundred thousand fans didn't like it. They gave it a 52 or 52% of the people liked it. That's interesting. That's interesting. That is really, really interesting. But y'all let, let me know what y'all think about this. Chris Sims, $10 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's do it like this. What a money reside. What a money reside. What a money reside. What a money reside. Okay. 
Cliffhanger was an underrated gym. You should definitely check it out, be Avery. Well, Chris, thank you so much for the $10 super chat and for the recommendation. I definitely will check that out if I have time. Uh, most likely, if I do check it out, it'll be right before this movie comes out. And so th thank you, uh, Chris. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the super chat. You're helping me out a ton, sir. Uh, let's see here. Cliffhanger is a 90s movie nostalgia. Yes, 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 it is. Uh, Paul Kofi, what's up? They need to let that. They need to let that cliffhanger reboot go. Oh no! It was definitely a product of the nineties. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cr cliffhanger was good. Right on. Right on. Right on. I am sorry. Sequel. This one, Jerry action movie. I don't look forward to seeing. It. I got you, man. I got you, but I appreciate it. Uh, I don't remember much from that movie. Right on. I don't remember anything. I didn't see it. And uh, Dane, see what's going on. Cliffhanger made more money from being in syndication. Really? Well, that's what's up right there. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're getting a cliffhanger sequel. So y'all let me know if you're excited about this. Also, let me know if you've ever been rock climbing, cliffhanging and all that. You know, if you made it out alive, if you hurt yourself, if, you know, let me know. But. Let me know, seriously, if you are interested in this or not, because I am um, curious to know. I really am curious to know. But uh, let's keep the party going. And this movie right here was good. I remember when it came out a long time ago, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And one moment while I get my background loaded up here, I thought it was loaded, but apparently it's not. But this was a this was a good one right here, Cloverfield. Yeah, I remember. Now some of the sequels were kind of crappy, but the second sequel, the first sequel, excuse me, was good. I think I forgot the man's name that was in it. It was like in a basement or something. But then the one that was announced right during the Super Bowl, that was crap. But hopefully this one will be pretty good. Let's get into this right here. This is coming from BloodyDisgusting.com. Cloverfield 2, the viral slusho website has returned to life. Dot, dot, dot. Of course, if you've seen the movie, you know that, <laughs> excuse me, this is what one of the creatures looked like. Announced back in September of last year, Cloverfield franchise is returning life with a brand new movie that might finally be an official sequel official sequel to the 2008 found footage movie rather than another in a universe spinoff project but what's the latest on the mysterious movie our friends over at slash Frame bring us the exciting news today that the in universe slusher website has officially come back online this week suggesting that the viral marketing campaign for cloverville z is beginning to take shape slusha is a fictional drink within the cloverfield universe and the website was a part of the original movie's epic Arge campaign. You can't drink just six. You can't drink just six is the tagline from the fictional brand. And over on the website, you're invited to create your own slush mixture using different flavors, including blueberry zoom, chocolate rage, banana anime, and strawberry tasty. Clover PD reminds the slush drinks are classic slush beverages with the special ingredient of sea beds and nectar, giving it a highly addictive quality. It is also claimed by the company that the addition of the sea beast nectar also makes it extremely healthy. 
Okay, I don't really want to read about slushies anymore. There's not much to do on the website beyond creating those flavor mixtures at the moment, but we're thinking this is only the beginning of the Cloverfield Saga's viral return. It's been 15 years since the found footage film of Cloverfield brought a giant monster into New York City. The 2008 film subsequently spawning loosely connected universe of movies it thus far included the excellent 10 Cloverfield Lane and that not so excellent The Cloverfield Paradox under Shadow Wounds is directed by a brand new Cloverfield movie Paramount with Joe Barton being hired to write the script. Is it a sequel? Another spinoff? Early reports indicated the former, but we haven't heard a peep since then. Up until this point, Cloverfield sequels have essentially been unrelated movies with loose tie-ins to director Matt Reeves' 2008 movie. With Cloverfield Paradox explaining that a rip in the space-time continuum spell all kinds of monsters out into all kinds of different timelines. And well, that's pretty much been the loosely defined Cloverfield franchise. This far, the follow-up films taking as it's not a Cloverfield movie until it is sort of approach. J.J. Abrams is producing for Bad Robot along with Hannah Menghella and John Cohen. Brian Burke, Matt Reeves, and Drew Goddard will executive produce. So... I would love a direct sequel to the 2008 found footage movie. That would be the best route to go, in my humble opinion, if they're going to have another Cloverfield movie. I, I mean, I like the idea of the break in the time-space continuum and monsters are spilling in at different timelines, etc. That's all cool, but at the same time, that last movie was it was really disappointing towards the end, and so I'm I will never get sick or tired of a giant alien invading a silly silly city, destroying the place, and you got the arms forces and tanks and fighter jets coming in with you know Gatling guns and missiles trying to blow the hell out of it. I will never get tired of that. I never will. And uh, at the time, that found footage stuff was uh, amazing. You know, I love that so. Uh, I like Cloverfield too. I already see her already. This seems like nonsense. What? What's up, Karma? How you doing? I like Cloverfield. Me too. Me too. I like Cloverfield as well. Let's see here. Uh, John Goodman. That's yeah, you're right. John Goodman played the end of the world crazy dude in the bunker that kidnapped the girl in t 110 Cloverfield Lane. Right. I couldn't remember his name. 10 Cloverfield Lane. I got you. Did you like it though, Dancy? It was it was cool. It was cool. Um, it was better than Cloverfield Paradox. Cloverfield Paradox was dookie. It was a uh, a dookie shooter, as a uh, one take big dog would say. Karma, what was your favorite Cloverfield? Was it the first one, the second one, or the third one? Let me see. You said it was decent, Dancy. Yeah, it was decent. It was decent. It could have been better, but, you know, it was decent. It was decent. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. But you guys let me know um, if you're interested in a Cloverfield sequel, whether you want it to be a spinoff, kind of loosely tied in to the universe, or do you want it to be a direct sequel to the 2008 found uh, footage film? I would like for it to be a direct sequel. You know, I don't, I don't really want anything else. So, haven't seen it, but Hollywood needs a new alien movie. Yes, this is true. 
The first one, yes. The first one was the best. But again, guys, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there's a link down to that in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Now, guys, this movie right here scared the bejesus out of me. Well, it didn't scare the bejesus out of me. It kind of just creeped me out. But we are talking about the Blair Witch Project. Y'all, y'all seen the Blair Witch Project? Topic number, I don't know what number this is. This is this is topic number six right here. Coming from Bloody Disgusting again. The Blair Witch Project. Oliver Park reportedly directing new installment for Lionsgate. And this, what is this like? Uh, the Blair Witch Project number seven? I've seen at least five of them. Found footage masterpiece, the Blair Witch Project, came along and changed the game back in 1999, subsequently spawning its own uh, sprawling universe of media, including official follower films in 2000 and 2016, as well as multiple books and video games that have served to deepen the lore. But how much longer do we have to wait for another Blair Witch movie? As you may recall, it has been reported last April that Lionsgate was looking to relaunch Blair Witch Project franchise and uh, Production Weekly brings us an update this week. Production Weekly informs us that Oliver Park has been hired to direct Untitled Blair Witch sequel for Lionsgate and is reportedly targeting a late summer slash fall shoot. Park is a British writer slash director who helmed last year's The Offering and his directing credits also include Strange Events 2015, Steel 2017, and a night of horror nightmare radio 2019 a particular note the production company attached to the project is haxon films the team behind the original blair Witch project these details have not been confirmed by lionsgate at this time but both daniel mirick and eduardo sanchez are listed as producers the original found footage classic from 1999 was written and directed by mirick and sanchez Blair Witch 2016, directed by Adam Wingard, wasn't exactly a big hit at the box office, but the original film's directors have never given up hope on someday returning to the franchise to pump new life into it. Oddly enough, creators Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez didn't have much creative input on either of the follow-up films, despite having a wealth of ideas. Stay tuned for more on Blair Witch Project as we learn it. Thanks to Michael M. for the tip. And guys, this is coming from a bloody disgusting.com. Now, who is a fan of Blair Witch? Who watched the Blair Witch movies? Did you like them? Did you hate them? Did they spook you out? Some of them were good, some of them were bad. Um, and I know the endings were always vague and didn't really, you know, hash everything out. And that was really frustrating to me. I remember hating the ending for the first one. It was it was awful. But I have that right here on IMDb. Look how much money it made. $248 million worldwide off of a budget of $60,000. Not $6 million, but $60,000. Wow. I mean, let, let's let's just let's play with this real quick. Where is my calculator? Bring up the calculator and do some do some calculating real quick. So we're gonna say 248. Let me see. 639099. We're gonna times this by point 
0.77 to give the theater slash theater owners our 33%. So you got 191 left over minus your little measly 60,000. And how much money you think it took to market this movie? I don't know, $50 million? I have no idea. We're just going to say $50 million. It's probably not even that much. So you don't took $60,000 and turned it into a $140 million profit. That's that's insane right there. That's crazy. That is just freaking crazy to me. Now, the last Blair Witch film that came out of 2016. Let's see. The budget was $5 million. It still made money. It didn't make nearly as much, but it was still profitable. So this is the last one. Blair Witch 2016. Let's see here. Blur Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Jesus, that just looks awful. You know, like you need to get some holy water or something, drink it in gallons. Just get a whole bathtub in it and jump in it with your mouth open. <laughs> you need all of God talk. He is going through it. <laughs> but let's look on the uh Rotten Tomatoes real quick to see how, how this was received. <laughs> Y'all tell me. What y'all think about this too? Blair Witch Project. Let's see what we got. All right. So the first one got an 86. Yeah. Book of Shadows. Yeah. It didn't do too well. I could have sworn there was more sequels of this. Maybe I'm tripping, but 86, that's not that bad. But yeah, the audience didn't like it. You know, there's that horrible ending. But y'all let me know what y'all think about this. I never liked it. The second movie was great, though, with the crazy man. I don't know if you're talking about Final, not Final Destination, but Blair Witch or Cloverfield. Uh, the Lionsgate Blair Witch Project movie was fire. It retconned the direct sequel that came out years ago. Okay, right on, right on. CR, let's go. Looking forward to this. Cool, cool, cool. I got you. Uh, too many sequels. We need something new. Okay, okay. Uh, the first paranormal activity. Are we talking about paranormal activity or Blair Witch? I uh, had a small ass budget like Blair. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I like Blair Witch and made a hell of a money too. You know what? That's what I'm tripping on. I was thinking paranormal activity is the one that had like seven sequels. I did see most of those. The Blair Witch stuff, I'm, I only seen the first one, I think. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, marketing for these indie movies probably less than silly million back in the day. You, you most likely right. You most likely right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, shit boo of shadow was <laughs> okay um oh I, I see what you're saying okay uh for the first time it was re- for the first time it was released it was cool i got you i got you i got you but y'all will get another installment for blur witch all my blur witch fans shout out in the comment section let me know are you excited do you not give a crap i be i don't give a crap about this man it ain't for me, but let me know down in the comment section below if you're interested in this or not. But let's keep this party going, y'all. Let's keep the party going. Let's keep this party going. What we got next right here. Okay. Okay. Kind of dipping out of the horror genre a little bit. We're going to go back into it next, but got this topic right here from Deadline. Got a sequel to a great movie. Let's see here. This is, uh, was it topic number seven or eight? This is coming from Deadline. 
Pedro Pascal joins Ridley Scott's Gladiator sequel at Paramount. Yes. We got Ridley Scott on the right. Pedro Pascal on the left. The Mandalorian. They have this list of why a second season of HBO hit The Last of Us is in the works. It starred Pedro Pascal looks to have found the project he'll be shooting during the hiatus. And boy, is it a big one. Sources tell Deadline that Pascal is in final negotiations to join the untitled Gladiator sequel for Paramount. He joins Paul Mesco, who will also who will star as Lucius, as well as Barry Keoghan, Joseph Quinn, Connie Nielsen, and Denzel Washington. Ridley Scott is returning to direct. Pascal's role, Pascal's role is unknown. The film follows a 2000 blockbuster Gladiator, which earned more than $460 million at the worldwide box office. It was nominated for 12 Oscars, winning five, including Best Picture at the time. Yes, yes, yes. I'm looking forward to this right here. Uh, the role of Maximus, the Roman general turned gladiator, was a career changer for Russell Crowe. We all know that. There aren't any quotes in here. Well, Pascal has been a major player following his scene-stealing role in the last season of Game of Thrones. But his star has blasted off following The Last of Us which has become one of the most popular shows in HBO's history. While HBO is looking to get the show and going next year, Pascal had been weighing a number of options to shoot before jumping back into that. An opportunity on this film was too hard to pass up. Besides The Last of Us, which will certainly have him in an awards season chatter, this Emmy season, he's already reprised his role on the Disney Plus series The Mandalorian, which had just finished season three last week. Pascal can next be seen starring alongside Ethan Hawke and Pedro Aldavar's Aldemo's short film Strange Way of Life, which will premiere at the Cannes Film Festival and will be distributed by Sony Pictures Classic this fall. Additionally, Pascal is in Ethan Cohen's film Drive Away Dolls, distributed by Focus Features and releasing in September. Pascal also stars in Anna Bowden's Freaky Tales, which is likely to come out later this year. So Pascal is on fire, man. He's doing everything. He's doing The Mandalorian. He's doing HBO's The Last of Us. And now this man is coming in for the Oscar-winning sequel to Gladiator with director Willie Scott and Denzel Washington and all these other names. This, this is um, it's going to be a banger right here. It's, it's, this is looking good. This is looking real good. What do you guys think about this? Are y'all excited? I'm more excited about Denzel Washington, but you know, and Pedro Pascal. That's that's a that's a good thing. It's a real good thing. Let's see here. Route to M. Pedro Pascal is going to play the tiger in the Gladiator sequel. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That will be hilarious. Uh, let's see here. Yes, that was good. Uh, the history of Rome is right for movie making. This is true. This is true. Uh, I heard Pedro Pascal only does voiceover in Mandalorian, and the stuntman is actually in the suit. I heard that too. Uh, I think he's just in the suit, maybe just a little bit, but I did hear that. I did hear that too. So uh, let's see here. But you guys, let me know what you think about this. If you're excited for Pedro Pascal to be joining a Gladiator 2, I am. I uh, can't wait for this, to be honest with you. I remember seeing the first movie in theaters with my brother. 
and we fell asleep. Um, but then we walk up and it was so it, we walk up to like him beating ass, Russell Coach just beating ass, just a ton of action. We was like, oh, this is pretty good, even though we just had I uh, woke up, but it was still good though. And of course, when we watched it the second time, you know, we loved it, or at least I did. But it was just kind of funny. We fell asleep on it. We were, it, it wasn't bad or boring. We were just tired. But again, guys, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there is a link down to this in the description box below uh, for you to read at your own leisure. Guys, we are making good time. We're going to be out of here maybe at the hour and a half mark. You know what I'm saying? So let's keep the party going. Let's keep the party going. Going back over to some horror real quick. And this is kind of a rumor, but, you know, I wouldn't be mad if it happened or not. But we're talking Final Destination. This is coming from Hollywood North Buzz, a website I'm not too familiar with. And this is topic number eight. Final Destination 6, Bloodlines filming in Vancouver this summer. Again, if you're reading, if you're watching this via live on a replay, there's a link down to this in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. The latest movie in the Final Destination franchise is filming in Vancouver this summer. And they have the filming dates. Update. A young woman named Stephanie has a recurring dream about dying in a fire that occurred in that occurred in the 1960s. She realizes that it's not just a dream, but a premonition of the fate that awaits her family. Her grandmother, excuse me, had escaped the same late, same fate years ago. Now death is coming after Stephanie's entire family. And she must find a way to stop it before it's too late. The final destination horror movie center on people who have a premonition of a calamitous event like a plane crash, mortar car, freeway pileup, roller coaster crash, racetrack stands, stands collapse, or bridge collapsing, and then cheat death of the and then cheat their own death, as well as saving other lives in the process, only to have death comfort them all in the end one by one and final destination five that came out in 2011 vancouver's lionsgate bridge starred as the collapsing bridge and that was pretty good death returns to claim the lucky survivors at a deadly bridge collapse in the film's frightening installment in the series y'all check it out if you haven't a fan theory that final destination six, the final destination six will begin on a cruise ship disaster has been debunked which is a pity because Vancouver has a big Alaska cruise ship business. I'm not directly involved in part six, but I can tell you something better than the cruise ship is coming. This is from Jeffrey Riddick on Twitter, who was involved in the film. But apparently, guys, this is coming soon. So how do y'all like that idea right there of death attacking a whole lineage of a family? Somebody escaped death in the 60s. And then it's coming back to haunt them in present day. They're like, wait a minute. All these children, the grandchildren of yours shouldn't be alive. So everybody going to die. They're coming after the whole family. That's crazy. Are y'all into that? Are y'all into the Final Destination films? I am. I am. I am. Let's see here. Uh, The first movie is really good, though. Hello, my history teacher let us watch it. I think he was, I think he was supposed to be allowed. Because <laughs> I don't feel like teaching today. Let's watch a movie. 
uh years ago they made the final destination movie called the final destination as the last one then they made more films yeah I, it was called the final destination you're right as you can see the background of this you see at the top the final destination yeah uh i love the final destinations can't wait for it yeah they, they are pretty good they, they are they get a little silly at times but they are good though i i do enjoy them for the most part i um yeah i mean this takes me all the way back to high school i thought i was a big boy seeing these crazy movies that that was rated r and you know my mom or dad or was i driving at the time dropping me off in grand prairie and stuff oh the good old days where you know you didn't have that much responsibility yeah man 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 we couldn't wait to get out out the house now i wish you can go back i'm teasing uh final destination was nuts i could do nuts in my michael keaton voice yes i like it swift streams pc i like it are you a uh pc expert if so um send me an email i may have some questions but yeah guys final destination six looks like it's popping off from the 60s and death is like hey we're gonna kill some some generations here you know and i'm i'm excited about that they need to keep the escape room franchise going they're a good movie i didn't see part two but i did like part one except for the ending part one the ending was so dumb like it was a decent ending but then they had like a extra ending that they it was stupid but you're right they i do want to see more of that but guys let me know down in the comment section below if you're excited for final destination six said that's filming this summer in vancouver so we're gonna have to see but let me know in that comment section below because i am dying to know i am dying to know but now guys let's go ahead and move on to this next one this is kind of a big one right here everybody has talked about this this is going to affect all of us and how we consume movies and television apparently there's a writer strike right now and there has not been a writer strike for 15 years i think 2008 and i do remember the effects of that but unfortunately the wga and the writers guild of america and all of the producers and big wigs of Hollywood cannot come to a, an agreement. And this strike is going to affect a ton. Of course, it's going to affect Blade. That's a topic I'm going to be discussing soon. But I'm going to be discussing that tomorrow because that's a comic book superhero film, which is being held up for Sundays. But let's get into this right here for topic number nine from Variety. All the TV shows and movies affected by the WGA writer strike, and they continue to update everything. The WGA writer strike has officially begun, and the picket lines have formed across Hollywood and New York City. This halt means that many scripted projects will inevitably go dark, resulting in a Hollywood shutdown not seen since COVID and not felt since the last WGA strike that took place. 15 years ago. Variety will keep readers updated with a rolling list of everything that has been put on hold as a result of the strike, which went into effect this past Tuesday. For more information about the strike, check out Variety's FAQ primer on what it means for the industry. That's frequently asked questions. I haven't even looked at this yet. Everything you need to know about the strike possibly shut down. Will there be a strike? We don't know. When, when did this come out, this article? I don't know. 
May 1st. Okay. Uh, but what are you hearing? The two sides continue to negotiate and could reach an agreement. No. What don't you know? What do the riders want? Money for starters. Riders are seeking a sea change in their compensation, starting with a significant hike in guild weekly minimums. They also want to rewrite the formula for streaming residuals to pay riders more for hit shows and to pay more with the growth of international subscribers. They want to expand span protection, a contractual right oh, contractual provision that limits the time period the studios can retain riders for their episodic fee to 2.4 weeks. So that it covers riders making 400,000 and above, which would increase their overall pay substantially. The guild has estimated that the total cost of the proposals is 600 million. They also want changes to working conditions. They want a minimum staffing level for TV riders room. They want riders to work for a guaranteed minimum number of weeks per show. They want provisions that will require the writers to be involved in production and post-production of shows so that the writers get producing experience. They want a provision that will protect writers' compensation and credits from encroachment by AI, though they are not seeking to forbid the use of AI in screenwriting. If the writers go on strike, it will likely be for any one of those two issues. So I'm going to put this article in the description box. This one, this one is not, but this one right here is. But let's scroll down. Blade, Rings of Power, and MTV Movie Awards are going to be affected. Late night shows, ABC's Jimmy Kimmel, CBS Late Shows, the NBC Night Tonight, and Late Nights are all going on hiatus. HBO will also cease live production on Real Time with Bill Mayer. And last week tonight with John Oliver, Comedy Central, The Daily Show. All, excuse me, all of that is going on hiatus. Mm. ABC show, AMC shows, scripts, uh, and Rice series, and The Walking Dead spinoff, Abbott Elementary, man, Big Mouth, Blade, Cobra Kai. But I don't want to, instead of me trying to explain to you everything that's going on, let me just let you hear from the horse's mouth itself. Please let me know in the comment section if you can hear this by hitting a one in the chat. Please hit a one in the chat if you can hear this audio. We are demanding that this industry be one that can sustain a career. Uh, it's sort of a, as simple as that. We have a consistent. We, we are de- we are demanding that this industry be one that can sustain a career. Uh, it's sort of as, as simple as that. We have a consistently okay, profitable thanks. business, but right now the actions of the studios are ones that seem like they only care about Wall Street. Uh, they're chasing a rabbit they're never going to catch. And in that pursuit, they're running over the workers of this industry. So explain exactly how it works. You know, people watch these TV shows and movies nonstop, but really have very little idea of what goes into making them uh, and why exactly streaming has, well, you talk about creating a gig economy. Explain what you mean. So the studios have devalued our contributions. Um, They have shifted the industry to prioritize streaming while not following that up with the actions of making sure that our pay reflects those changes. Um, A a lot of the ways that writers are able to sustain a career are through residuals. That means that we're taking part in that profit participation when a show gets re-aired or a show gets sold or a movie gets aired 
that's when we get a little bit of that pie and the amount of the pie that we're getting and streaming is almost non-existent. And talk about the various streaming companies, who you are actually negotiating with. Name names. Uh, well, there's Hulu, uh, Peacock, HBO Max, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, Apple TV, Plus. <laughs> she naming everybody. Uh, Netflix and Amazon, I believe, are the, the big ones. And explain the position they're taking. Uh, I mean... They're taking the position of rejecting our proposals and refusing to make a counter uh, with all of our major proposals. That is the feedback that we've gotten thus far. They have forced us to go on strike by not engaging. They sort of have said, we do not care that you all can no longer make a career in this industry. Uh, they just want to continue to get as much work out of us for the least amount of money. Um, I think that that's not something that's unique to our industry. Um, it's something that has been happening and will continue to happen. And uh, we're standing up to it. We have to take a stand or there won't be television writers anymore. They will negotiate us out of existence. And Brittany, explain how the networks are connected to the streaming services. It's not two entirely separate spheres. Yeah, so the studios all own these services. I mean, they came up with it. Writers didn't come up with these streaming services. They came up with them. Um, that is a large part of the profit that they are now bringing in. Um, and they continue to invest in these services. So, you know, every three years, you probably hear these studios crying poor and behaving as. Well, yeah, guys, there you go. Uh, this like a whole seven minute video is like over four and a half minutes left. I don't want to play the whole thing, but if you do want to watch it, you can. There is a link to that in the description box below, uh, for you to read at your own leisure or listen to. Uh, but this is not this is oh, what's going on? Flashing okay, hold on, let me. I don't know if y'all can see that that flashing, it was my possession or something. There we go, okay, that was I was crazy, but. Uh, Big Mouth, the Netflix animated series, was a six weeks into writing uh, the eighth and final season of the show. The creators would have finished writing in August without a strike. Blade, Cobra Kai. Uh, we hate to strike, but if we must, we strike hard. Pencils down in the Cobra Kai writer's room. No writers on set. These aren't fun times, but it's unfortunately necessary. The moment a fair deal is in place, We'll get back to kicking ass. In the meantime, sending strength and I want to read what he had to say and support to negotiating committee. You got this. Okay. So they're going hard. Like, ugh. Cobra Kai, that's the whole Cobra Kai six, uh, Cobra Kai season six squad right here. They said they out of there. Good omens. I'm in the Writers Guild of America. I wish this wasn't happening and support it absolutely. When I wake up tomorrow, I'll be on strike, excuse me, to forestall the inevitable questions. Good Omens 2 is completed and handed in, although I may not be able to promote it as I hoped. Mm. Gutfield, House of the Dragon, MC Movie Movie Awards, Rap Shit, Rings of Power, Saturday Night Live, The Talk, Yellow Jackets. Well, we had exactly one day in the Yellow Jackets season three writer's room. It was amazing and creatively invigorating. 
and so much fun. And I'm very excited to get back to it as soon as the WGA gets a fair deal. Uh, hashtag one you hashtag union strong. So yeah, man, they are uh, putting their foot down. It's like, hey, until we get a fair deal, we ain't right nothing. You're gonna get nothing but reruns and repeats. And now I don't want to hear it. It's crazy. If the streaming companies are just buying licensing shows, how do how does they own them? I have no idea. If the streaming companies are just buying licensing shows, how do they own them? The writers, I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. I'm gonna have to look into that. But y'all, this is uh this is not going away. This is a big deal. All these delays. Nobody, uh, man, it may not seem like a big deal, but y'all gonna notice. I, I I remember 15 years ago, I remember talking to my mom about it. You know, I remember us talking about it, but they're on strike, guys, and all these shows have been on put on hiatus. And so again, if you're watching this via live or the replay, there's a link down to this in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. But guys, let's keep this party going, man. Aren't y'all having fun? I am. This this is how much fun um, I'm having. Right on, right on, right on. Let me see what. Uh... I remember the last Rider Strike Hill, the Heroes TV show. Yep. Yep. This is also the problem with when technology makes things easier to consume, causing a big, causing a big thing, and YouTube is used by now over saturation. Right on, right on, right on. But let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. And we got to talk about some box office because there have been some milestones as of late. A lot of movies are making money, and I'm I'm really happy for both of them. I am. Uh, let's see here. Where is where is all my backgrounds at? Oh my gosh, they just did not load up the right way. This is crazy. One second. All right, box office. This is crazy. Uh, actually, let me pull this up too, so we can compare. I thought I had uh, this up, but I didn't. That's okay. All right, this is number ten from Deadline. John Wick Chapter Four blazes past four hundred million dollars at the box office, y'all. This is great. Currently. John Wick 4 is estimated at 226 million overseas and 402 worldwide. That's after the weekend brought in another 10.1 million from 86 international territories. This is from last weekend. So, you know, tomorrow it's going to be even higher. This is great. I mean, we're going to get a sequel. The previous titles in the series have been staggered uh, over C's release. I mean, this is incredible. Global audiences have been gaga for Baba Yaga with Lionsgate Thunder Road Films. 8711 John Wick Chapter 4 now having passed 400 million at the worldwide box office. The Connor Reeves star jumped out of the gate in late March with scoring 135, 137.5 global debut and the best ever for the franchise. 
John Wick 4 mid-April then became the top grossing film in the series. It's also the best reviewed John Wick movie uh, ever at 94% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fantastic. First John Wick film, guys. $20 million budget made $86 million worldwide. That's great. That's great. Then John Wick Chapter 2. It doubled that. 86 at 174. That's part two right there. That's great. And then we got part three. Parabellum. 328 worldwide. It went from 174 to 328. Now, I don't think it's going to double again, but that don't really matter. But John Wick 4, Chapter 4, 404 worldwide. This is crazy. It may make another, who knows what it's going to make tomorrow or for this next weekend, but it may make 100 million more than the last one. So that's 404. What was, what was John Wick 3? 328? Yes, 328 and part four is at 404. So man, 24 million dollars away from being a hundred million more. I think we should have a part five. I mean, the rating for the film continues to go up and the money. It's usually either or, but it's both. Let's use our noggins here. Let's get let's get the right. Well, we can't write it now. Gotta gotta wait for this script to be over with, but man. This is good. This is this is amazing. Four hundred million dollars worldwide. Like, what do y'all think about that? Have y'all seen John Wick? Are you excited? What's up, mini FBA? This is incredible. Now we also have another film that's doing great at the box office. Box office: Super Mario Brothers flying past five hundred million in the U.S. That's what's up. Now overall, the you know the bottom line worldwide matters most. But at the same time, you do want a big return in the United States domestically because the theater owners, theaters, they get a bigger uh, return on their investment. It's a bigger profit. The Illumination and the Universe of Blockbusters is only the fourth film since 2019 to achieve the half billion uh, milestone in North America. Super Mario Brothers is jumping the 500 million mark at the North American box office and yet another milestone for the blockbuster. From Illumination and Universal, the movie adaptation of the Nintendo video game is only the fourth movie to cross the half billion mark domestically in the pandemic era behind Spider-Man No Way Home. And the first Illumination and Universal animation to title to jump over $500 million domestically, not adjusted for inflation. It is also the second highest grossing animated film of all time domestically and is the third biggest universal release of all time behind Jurassic World and E.T. Uh, ET Extraterrestrial phone home super mario brothers which is finished thursday with 49 499.5 million in the domestic ticket sales has smashed numerous records since its debut in mid-march including but the coming the first title of 2023 to clear 1 billion at the global box office and it's only the 10th animated film to achieve the 1 billion dollar milestone y'all this is great Unfortunately, the movie wasn't the best. You know, I didn't love this movie. It could have been much better, uh, but it did make a ton of money. Uh, look at this. One billion dollars worldwide. I 
I just keep thinking to myself, like, what if the movie was actually good? Because it was disappointing to me. I mean, critics and all them, you know, they didn't like it that much. The audience liked it. But I, I remember, I, I think I, I, I think I gave it like a five and a half. I can't remember. But just imagine how much more money it would have been, it would have made if it was a better film. I, I, I can't stop thinking about that. I really can't. Kind of Mario. Let's see what it had on Rotten Tomatoes real quick. 59%. Oh, man. That's crazy. It just needed one more to get to 60, and it would have been considered uh, fresh. Uh, 60, you know, is considered fresh over Rotten Tomatoes, but 96. That's crazy. But, hey, it made money, and so did John Wick as well. So you guys let me know what you think about that. These films are doing hella great at the box office. That's John Wick 4. And also, Super Mario Brothers. They're doing great. Let me know if you've seen them in the comment section below. And again, if you're watching that via live or on the replay, there's a link down to that in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Well, guys, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic of the day. Uh, we're going to be watching some trailers. And you know, when we do trailers over here, your boy got to be extra. Thank y'all so much. Uh, I appreciate it. We are going to be watching the first trailer. It's Twisted Metal with Anthony Mackie. Uh, it was a video game that I used to play back in the day. And um, I heard from Elliot. He was think he said the trailer for this sucked, but I haven't seen it. So we're going to check this out. Hopefully it's pretty good. Uh, but let me let me switch my screen. All right, here we go. Here goes Twisted Metal trailer. I don't I don't believe you. Oh. That is that's the wrong trailer. Twisted metal. Wait a minute. Let me start it over. Can y'all hear that? Hit a one. If you can hear this. Oh, I got the CDs. Man, okay, it was take place in the nineties. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engine. I definitely remember that. Yeah, that look horrible. I'm gonna watch it. But that did not look good. 
Ladies and gentlemen, start your engine. Why would you do that, bro? Oh, Lord. This is awful. This is awful. Gentlemen, start your engine. I like you, Anthony Mackie, but this is not good. This is not This is corny. Come on. Start your engine. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling that at all. Are y'all? This looks awful. I mean, it was just that corniness. Like, <laughs> come on, Anthony Mackie. I'm rooting for you, bro, but you got to do better than that. So this comes out in what, July follows a mortal mouth outsider offered a chance to add a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across that post-apocalyptic wasteland. July 27th. Okay. All right. All right. Based on the PlayStation video game of the same name, featuring a uh, road vehicle combat and sporting a clown driving an ice cream truck. That's a uh, sweet tooth. Okay, there's nothing else there. That was a horrible trailer. Yeah, they need to do better. That that is not getting me excited. Like, whoever. Fire the marketing team. Jesus Christ. Sweet tooth, yeah. Uh, hated it. Yeah. Thank you, Soto. That looks like um, a Rider Strike trailer. <laughs> oh, for real. That did not look good at all. Oh, man. Oh, man. 10 episodes TV series. That's good. Uh, way too corny. Yeah, yeah. Lee Mackey, you know, I like man. I'm a Mackey fan over here. I'm, I'm. Hey, he representing Black America with Captain America for New World Order. So I'm here to support Anthony Mackey all the way. I love Anthony Mackey, but that was not it. That was not it. Oh, that was not it. That's uh, yeah. That I don't. Know. <sighs> no, no. This is trailer's giving me gas. Let's move on to a better trailer. Okay, we got, we got, I didn't mean click that. We got Dune next. They, they just dropped the trailer for Warner Brothers. So let me switch this background right here. Dune. Okay, on part two. All right, hopefully this is better. Uh, we're going to see. Let's check out the Dune trailer. It's breathtaking. When you see sand here, imagine water. If you dive in, you can't reach the bottom. You dive in? Yes, it's called swimming. <laughs> I don't I don't believe you. In the shadows of Arrakis lie many secrets. But the darkest of them all may remain. The end of House Atreides. Your father didn't believe in revenge. 
What if Paul Atreides were still alive? Have you ever had a dream about your first ride? Don't try to impress anyone. Mm. You're brave, we all know that. Be yeah, they learned how to ride those, didn't they? Be direct. Fancy. I understand. Gave them something to hope for. That's not hope! May thy knife chip and shatter. It's a hell of a cast. Fan for IMAX. Okay. I am, uh, hold on, let me take that back. I don't remember the first one. I saw it in theaters. And I remember when they released it on HBO Max, I watched like a couple of minutes of it because they didn't release the IMAX version on HBO. But now I think they may have the IMAX version on HBO. I'm gonna check it out. Tim, look at all that. Look at that cast right there, though. Wait a minute. I thought, didn't Dave Batista die on the first one? Only in theaters November 3rd, film for IMAX. Okay. So let me check this out. We're going to check to see. Make sure it was shot with IMAX cameras. Do not hate One Take Big Dog. Do not hate on the IMAX. One Take Big Dog is an IMAX hater. <laughs> yes. One, four, three, baby. One, four, three by one and 190 by one. This is mega IMAX. It's going down. I may watch it if the IMAX version is on HBO Max right now or Max, the stupid new name. I will watch this tonight or the first of the first Dune. I will watch the first Dune tonight. Uh, I, after after the stream today, I got to go to the grocery store and then I'm going to go to the, try to go to the gym. Give me a little exercise on because I've been slacking big time. But after I'm done with. Oh, see, after I'm done, I'm going to watch Yip Man. Young It Man, it's the new one that came out like last week on Haya. Haya! Uh, that's streaming, and I'm going to watch both of these, and I'm going to have me a geek-ass night. What am I trying to look for right now? I'm trying to go to the trivia. I was just scrolling and forgot what I was trying to find real quick. Let me, oh, y'all can't even see the screen. Okay, let's let's see what fun trivia we got here. We got a lot. And let's make sure, like, why did, they got spoilers down there. Okay, okay, sequel.
Okay, I'm trying, trying to see if anything pops out of me. And nothing. But I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm 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 this looks good. This trailer looks good. Uh let's see it here. Just like riding a bike. Right, right, right. I'm a done fan. Okay, I got you. I got you. Let's see it here. I heard the first done didn't make a profit. Yeah, because that was during the it, it was uh released on HBO Max, I think Dan Date. Like a, it lost a lot of money, I think. Um I don't remember the technology and done. They got space travel, but no internet. <laughs> you silly. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm a I'm a done fan. Like riding a bike. Yeah, it was doing quarantine. Some Andrew. Uh, let's see here. Uh, High Ninja 2. I love the name. I'm hyped. The most interesting parts of the story are on part two. Good, good, good. Because I wasn't bored, but I wasn't like just into it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Part two shot 100% IMAX. Love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. So, yeah, this um, this looks good. This this looks good, y'all. I want to see this. I do want to see this. Uh, Dune was kind of giving me white savior vibes. Really? I didn't like the part of it, but the visuals were amazing to say the least. I got, I don't remember. I got to go back and check it out. Did it have white savior vibes to it? It's, I got to gotta go check it out. Um, <laughs> Dune still made 402 box office, excuse me, off a $165 million budget. Okay. Uh, I wonder what the marketing was. Because that's very important. But yeah, guys, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Y'all let me know if y'all are here for it too. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to Twisted Metal, but Dune, 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 I said Dune. Have I been saying Dune the whole time? It's Dune. I'm tripping. My fault. My fault. But y'all let me know if you are excited for this or not. Uh, Mario Faith Warrior, I'm excited for Dune. Right on, right on. I'm excited that you're excited. But y'all let me know what y'all think about that in that comment section below. Uh, because I am dying to know. I am dying to know. All right, all right, all right. Let's keep this party going real quick. What do we have? I think we got just two topics left. Two topics left. Yeah, we got two topics left. So let's go ahead and uh, get through these real quick. And um, I'm excited for them, especially this one right here. This first one that I'm going to bring up. As soon as I can change this banner, I'm gonna do this one right here. But yeah, guys, uh, what do y'all think this topic is? Let's let's get into it. Now watch closely. Topic number 12 coming from the Hollywood Reporter. Street Fighter movie lands. Talk to me, filmmakers Danny and Michael Philippow. They have the exclusive. I'm nervous, y'all. I'm nervous. If y'all are curious on what I just played, 
it is the Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, that um, YouTube series that came out in 2014. And um, I wish the people that made that was a part of this series, but they're not. But let's get into this article real quick. The brothers are in talk to direct the feature adaptation of the popular video game for Legendary and Capcom. This is a version of Akuma on the left with Ryu and he fighting, and then we have the directors on to the right. The Australian twin filmmaker duo behind Sundance Horror Sensation Talk to Me are in final negotiations to direct Street Fighter, a legendary feature adaptation of the classic video game from Capcom. Street Fighter is one of the more enduring fighting games franchises of all time. It began life with the 1987 arcade game Street Fighter and set high watermark for arcade Street Fighter games with Street Fighter 2. The game released in 1991 was the first to offer a choice of characters and fighters techniques revolutionary, revolutionizing one-on-one play. Street Fighter became a phenomenon with Capcom unleashing countless special editions and remakes in all of the franchise has sold over 49 million units worldwide with a new installment Street Fighter 6 due out in January the 2nd. If I get a video game console, I'm probably going to get that. A take on the material or which characters will be involved wasn't revealed, but the but if the Philippus are being hired on off the strength of their breakout tension and gore may be on the agenda. Conversations with a short list of writers are currently underway. Legendary had no comment on the deal. The company which picked up the movie and TV rights to the game earlier this month is working with Capcom to produce the adaptation. Y'all, I'm nervous about this, man. Uh, if you look at their filmography, um, it's not much. Talk to me and Raka Raka. Um, talk to me, Raka Ratha Deluge. I don't know, man. I really, I mean, we had the adaptation of Mortal Kombat that came out in 2021, which we're going to be talking about next. But that movie wasn't good. I mean, it was good. It, just, it, it didn't reach its full potential. Now, y'all hit a one in the chat if y'all can hear what I'm about to show y'all right now, okay? Hit that one in the chat. This is from Street Fighter Assassin's Fist from 2014. Why you and Ken training? This is good to me. I wanted this to have the same energy and more. This new, this new street fighter. Come on, boys. Unload the truck. Cool. It's for my dad. Huh? Oh, shit. Mega Man. I don't know, man. What y'all, what do y'all think about this? Does it, does it get you excited? I'm nervous. I'm, I'm nervous about this. I want, uh, I just don't want it to suck. I want the people, I want, I want these same people that made this in 2014 to come back and do this. 
Those guys are YouTubers. Oh, let me fix this. Those guys are YouTubers that while they got Street Fighter gig. Yeah. I don't know about this either. The guy is a YouTuber. His channel is Rocka Rocka. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of that stuff. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, isn't it? Don't they don't they do like a bunch of gore and like McDonald's stuff? Like use Ronald McDonald and go and terrorize people and blow their heads off. Yeah, that I don't know. It's just it's not the I'm I'm just not excited right now. I, I'm just not. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm I like have y'all seen Street Fighter Assassin's Fist? Have y'all seen it? Let me know, man. That's 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 what I'm into. That that YouTube it's only the the whole series is on YouTube right now. If y'all want to go check it out, but I I need this type of energy. Uh, hold on, I can play it. This this type of energy I need. Now watch closely. Y'all, and they made Holy this with shit. like, wow, they made this with like four, this three, four million dollars. I know it wasn't above five million dollars. And so, if you can bring this amount of energy to it, I'm down. But we got some directors for Street Fighter, y'all. Let me know what y'all think about that in the comment section below because I'm dying to know. But since we're talking about video game adaptations, guys, let's go ahead and move on to the final topic of the day. Uh, this is weird, but I'm gonna buy it. I'm I'm a roll with it. I'm a roll with it. This it wouldn't have been my first choice, but we're here now. Final topic of the day, number thirteen. This is coming from what website is this? The Rap. Carl Urban is in final talks to play Johnny Cage and Mortal Kombat Two over in New Line. Wow, really? That is who you wanted to play Johnny Cage? Like that is uh, really interesting. I like Carl Urban. Fantastic actor. Um, he does so well in everything, but Johnny Cage. Okay, I'm not gonna say he can't do it. What's up, Larry? I'm done in Hollywood until we get a new Howard the Duck movie. Hey, man, if you go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, uh, you may get your wish. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to spoil anything over here, but thanks, Larry. Uh, Carl Urban is in final talks to star as a fan favorite character, Johnny Cage, in the sequel to New Line's hit 2021 action adventure Mortal Kombat based on the blockbuster video game franchise. Simon McQuaid, who directed the 2021 film, is set to return. Jeremy Slater, Moon Knight, the Umbrella Academy, wrote the sc screenplay for the sequel. The previous film was a new adaptation of the popular video game franchise that offered a grittier, more violent take on the material than the 1990s film. It was re released in April 2021 in theaters and on HBO Max, um was an early pandemic hit for the distributed warner brothers at the time ranking as one of the top features of titles on hbo max since the streaming service debuted mortal kombat is based on everybody knows what it's based on but oh man katie carl urban carl urban for mortal kombat 2 really Urban is best known for playing Dr. Leonard Bones on McCoy in Star Trek and Star Trek Into the Darkness. 
uh, and Emor in the second and third installments of Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings. Urban was seen recently in Star Trek Beyond and Disney's Peace Dragon. He's also in The Boys. He was also Judge Dredd that came out, I think, in 2012, 11 years ago. Oh, man. In the Mortal Kombat series, Cage is the one of the primary heroes defending Earthrealm from various threats. And he is known for his signature move and fatalities. In the later installments of the series, Cage role was passed down to his daughter, Cassie Cage. So we're going to have Carl Urban doing the splits, Ugh, punching in the balls. That is crazy. I mean, he's a fine actor. But Johnny Cage? I don't know, man. That's just that. That's interesting. So this is a miscast. I got you. I'll wait for reviews. I hated it. He's like 20 years too old for Johnny Cage. Yeah. This is a miscast. Hmm. Yep. Those guys. Uh, yeah. Had McDonald's harassing the world. Oh, snap. Am I going to have to go back to the theater? You might have to. So you might have to. Uh, they need to get the actor from Top Gun and Devotion to play Johnny Cage. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, yes, I know who you're talking about. Uh, who, oh, my gosh. What, what is his name? I know exactly. I just can't think of it right now. Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, yes. Glenn Powell is Johnny Cage. I would like that. I, I would like that very much so. I mean, Carl Urban ain't bad, but I mean, he can do it. It's just, it's just weird, you know. But Carl Urban is Johnny Cage, man, man, man. Let's see here. Uh, they should plan around. They should plan it around the release of the new game with the with the same storyline. Well, that would be interesting. Um, Carl, not first choice for Johnny, but he can pull it off. Would have been my choice for Kano. Exactly. And that's what E-Man said on Friday or yesterday, too. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he's too old. I agree, Glenn, Glenn Powell. Yeah. Um, Carl got a good American accent. Question mark. <laughs> Zach Efron is a Johnny Case type. That could work. That could work. Carl, uh, Carl Urban is just way too... Carl Urban is just way too in the long tooth. Maybe Grandpa Cage. Hilarious. Hilarious. No, Larry. Liam Hensworth? That's horrible. That's horrible. But y'all, let me know what y'all are thinking about this, man. Are y'all happy with Johnny with Johnny Cage being played by Carl Urban? This gentleman right here. The Hollywood big mouth star that's arrogant that's going to be doing the splits, punching people in the balls. Let me know if you are down with this or not. I'm, I'm curious to know. And again, guys, if you're watching this via live on the replay, there's a link down to this article in the description box below for you to read at your own leisure. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I really, really, really do appreciate it. But that is all that she wrote today for your boy for the moving news round of show number 104. I tried to do a little something different with the thumbnails but you guys can let me know what you think about that it may be too much but it was a lot of topics i was like hey let me just try something new but i'm live on twitch youtube check me out also guys if you want an audio only version of this you can check that out here with buzzsprout.com there's a link to it in the description box below 
I'm on all of these platforms right here as well as SoundCloud. So get your audio only version on and check out my non-spoilery review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Had a lot of fun with that. Also, our epic spoilers review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with myself, Elliot with Movie Files, E-Man with E-Man's Movie Reviews, and Najir with Big Gold Belt Media. We had a media, excuse me. We had a lot of fun uh, going over that. And also, guys, come back tomorrow, okay? Do what Ice Cube says and Friday. Come back. Come back tomorrow for my super duper comic book smash down show. It's nothing but comic book topics and superhero topics tomorrow, every Sunday, 6 p.m. CST. We're going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy and what it is at the box office domestically and worldwide. We're also going to be talking about uh, Sue Storm casting, the Blade update with the writer, uh, Adam Driver, all superhero comic book stuff. So come back tomorrow to check that out. Also, check out my latest video for Dear Mama, episodes four and five, my recap, the FX show on FX and Hulu. Also, me and Lamont did our reaction, our recap for the latest episode of Power Book 2 Ghost Season 3. So check that out as well. And also my sock review. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, wait, do I have any more announcements? Hold on, let me... Uh... I don't think I do, but I don't think I do. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I may have some type of emergency live tomorrow because that is the day that Jonathan Majors, uh, that's his court day. It's either tomorrow or Tuesday. And so depending on what news comes of that, I may just want to jump live real quick so you guys can look out for that. But make sure you come back tomorrow for real though. But guys, again, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. And before you go, don't forget, that my name is B. Avery. That's just my opinion. Peace out, and I'll see you next time.